The following message is a teaching by Dr. Jason DeRoshi, Research Professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. You can find more from Dr. DeRoshi at www.jasonderoshi.com. Even though education has become secularized and most of the world wants to throw God out of education, originally universities were designed to study all things that God had created. But at the center was the theological college. There was math and science and philosophy and history, but The ancients believed that theology was the queen of all sciences. At the center of every other discipline was theology. And the textbook? The Word of God. The Word of God would provide the lens for understanding all reality. God has given us two books that we are to read. The Word and the World. And we are to have eyes to be able to read both books that God has given us. The Word and the world. The writer of Hebrews declared, God's Son upholds all things by the word of His power. Right now, Jesus in heaven is speaking. Moment by moment, He brings the trees. He lets us hear a child laugh. He gives us every donkey and every star in the sky and every piece of grain. If Jesus stops speaking, you and I will stop existing. We are that dependent on God. All things are upheld by the word of his power. And right now, Jesus is speaking. Theology in a theological college is the study of God. And we are to consider God's Word and His world. His works and His speech. To train students in theology is to equip them in knowing the most important thing about every discipline. Because God is the one who gives us math. God is the one who gives us science. God is the one who writes history. So the students that come to Rift Valley Theological College should leave with an ability to speak into every area of the world. Paul declared, For from God and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory. Everything comes from God, is sustained by God, and is designed to direct us back to God. Scripture as the foundation of the theological task. The living God has given each of you in this room a sacred task. A task of partnering with local churches in order to train leaders to faithfully proclaim God's Word, to faithfully guard the truth 
and to faithfully shepherd God's people. This school partners hand-in-hand with local churches to see discipleship happen. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, What you have heard from me, Paul was Timothy's teacher, what you have heard from me, pass on to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul says, What you've learned from me, Timothy, pass on to faithful men who can teach others also. Four generations of theological training. A theological college like Rift Valley must serve churches by assisting to train faithful men who can train others also. Just a few verses later, in 2 Timothy 2, Paul clarifies what he means by faithful men. This is what he says to Timothy. Do your best, Timothy, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, who rightly handles the word of truth. There is a right way to handle God's word, and there's a wrong way to handle God's word. If you handle it the wrong way, you will bear shame, not honor. We want to raise up men and women in this context who can honor God and not be ashamed of what they proclaim. This is what Peter said in 2 Peter 3.16. There are some people, there are some things in Paul's letters, Ephesians and Philippians, Colossians, there's some things in those letters that are just hard to understand. That the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. We do not want to raise up ignorant and unstable people in this school. We want to raise up people who can handle God's word faithfully in order to serve the churches faithfully. James warned, not many of you should become teachers, for you will be held by stricter judgment. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is authoritative. Why? Because all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why is this Bible our authority? Because every bit of it is God's Word. And God is King of the universe. Because the very words of the living God fill this book, every part is pure. Psalm, one, Psalm 12, verse 6. Every part is true. Psalm 119, 142. Every part is right. Psalm 109, 172. And every part endures forever. Psalm 119, 160. There is no greater need in this day than for the faithful proclamation of God's authoritative and inerrant word. Why is the Bible so important? Three reasons. One, only through the Bible can people be reborn in Christ. 
And if they are not reborn, they are dead in their sins and will, expect, and will spend an eternity in hell. But what we read is Psalm 119.93. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Through the precepts we gain life. Or how about Paul in Romans 10.17? Saving faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. People will not get saved if they do not have an encounter with the Word of God because it's the Word of God that awakens saving faith. 1 Peter 1.23, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding Word of God. That's how people are born again, through the living and abiding Word of God. Why is this so important? Because only through it will people get saved. Second reason. Only through the Bible can people be empowered to holiness. What did Jesus say? John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify them. That's the word for make holy. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We will become more holy through the word. Or 2 Timothy 3.16, which I just said, the very Scripture that is God-breathed is useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are equipped for the works that God has called us to do through the Word. Finally, only through the Bible can people be sustained all the way to glory. People will not persevere in this hard, dark world filled with brokenness and tears and loss. They will not persevere apart from the Word of God. The promises of God give us life. We need to hear His Word. Acts 20, 32. Now I commend you to God, to His Word of grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. It's the Word of God that's able to take us all the way to glory. So what is the supreme goal of a theological college? What's the ultimate end to which God wants theological training? To know Christ and to make Him known. While the Bible is foundational to theological training and is the very means by which souls are saved and sanctified. The saving of souls is not the ultimate goal. Jesus is the ultimate goal. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1.5. We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of Christ's name among all the nations. Paul is an apostle for the sake of all the nations to see the obedience of faith, the fruit flowing from faith created in every heart. But to what end? For the sake of Christ's name. There's a greater end. Missions exists. Discipleship exists because worship doesn't. There will be one day where we will no longer need to be discipled. We will be in the presence of God and we will see Him face to face. But in that day, worship will last forever. 
Worship is the ultimate goal. We want to know Christ and make Him known. Education is a foundational aspect of all human existence. From the very time we are born, we are discovering, we are learning. And all education should be Christian education. For learning, as with everything else, finds its source and context and goal in Christ. Listen to how Paul words it in Colossians chapter 1. For by the Son, Jesus, by the Son, all things exist. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Jesus is the source Jesus is the context, and He's the goal. That's why everything in this world is about Jesus. And therefore, all of our education, learning about things in this world, should have its ultimate end in Christ. Birds and bees, wind and waves, trash, transportation. Everything in this world is about Jesus. And therefore, the quest to know what is true is a quest to know Christ, who upholds all things by the word of his power. Every star in the sky, every note that is sung, every bird that flies, every game that is won, every business transaction made, every news broadcast recorded, every brick that is laid, and every sock that's sorted. Jesus reigns at the bus stop, and at the stoplight. He reigns in the hospital and in the bomb-filled night. Whether on the playground or in the science lab, in the bedroom or in the taxi cab, Jesus Christ is preeminent, upholding and guiding everything. And because of this, knowing Him is of surpassing worth. Because Jesus is supreme over all things, Paul justly and necessarily approached all of life as Christian education. Listen to Paul in Philippians chapter 3. What did he say? And as I read this, think about, I don't think a prosperity preacher could say these words. I count everything as loss. For the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless compared to knowing Him. Everything in my life is Christian education. The quest did not separate Him from the real world, but rather it compelled Him to see all things in our world through the lens of Jesus. What would Paul say? He'd say that coffee and lamb tibs supply opportunities to praise the giver of what is good. 1 Timothy 4, so whether you, nope, that's 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or whether you drink, do it all for the glory of God. Paul would say that life's pressures and worries, and all of us have worry. He would say every worry and every care becomes an opportunity to move us to Christ in prayer. Don't be anxious about anything. 
but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request to God. The very context of living in a broken world sets a stage to move us to Jesus. Finally, Paul would tell us that even suffering enables us to rejoice in the power of Christ. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to humble people. And suffering humbles us and puts us in a context where we can receive help. God is glorified as we receive his help and we get our needs met. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12. One of the leaders at my previous institution said these words, God created the world and inspired the scriptures and is guiding history to its consummation for one ultimate purpose. Namely, to share with his creatures the ultimate pleasure that he has in admiring his son, the radiance of his own glory. Therefore, the ultimate reason that theological education exists is to live and to teach in such a way that students will see Jesus in every subject as infinitely admirable, and thus to share in the pleasure that God has in admiring the glory of His Son, and then be equipped to spread that truth everywhere. The educational task at Rift Valley Theological College must be more than giving people tools that will enable them to live. We're doing more here than just equipping people to go out and get a job in a church. If that's the ultimate end, then the ultimate goal is not eternal. We want to do eternal things in these classrooms. We want to show our students what makes life worth living. To give them a biblical vision of reality for the glory of Jesus. To help them grasp the treasure of the gospel in their own jar of clay, to empower them through skill training, instruction, modeling, to study and to practice and to teach God's word in God's world in a way that brings glory to God himself. So let me consider the educational process. The Bible has things to say about how to set up a theological curriculum. As you consider the educational process here at Rift Valley, I want to encourage you to develop in three spheres. And I take these spheres from the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, and Pastor Tesfaye has heard me speak about this before. Ezra was a spiritual leader, and he didn't keep what he had. He shared it with others. Here's what we read. Ezra was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses. We then read that the Persian king gave Ezra every request. And it tells us why. And it also tells us why his ministry flourished. For, here it is, the, the good hand of the Lord was upon him. Everything he did flourished because the good hand of God was upon him. But then it tells us why God's hand was upon Ezra. 
This is intriguing. The good hand of his God was upon him because, Ezra 7.10, Ezra set his heart to study and to practice the law of the Lord and to teach both statute and rule in Israel. Three things. To study, to practice, to teach. To study the word, practice the word, teach the word in that order. This was the nature of Ezra's approach to education. And each stage was grounded in the word of God. Let's consider each. Rift Valley Theological College must first be about equipping men and women to study God's Word. What is study? It includes three elements. We want to observe carefully what is in the book. This is exegesis. This is theology. We want to assess genre. Is it history or prophecy? poetry. We want to evaluate the flow of thought and the structure. How did God give it to us? Why did he say it that way? We want to look at grammar. We want to consider the meaning of words. We want to assess the historical context and the literary context. Where does it fit in the book itself, the passage I'm looking at. But then we move from exegesis to theology. We want to consider how does my passage contribute to the whole story of Scripture and how it climaxes in Jesus. That's biblical theology. We want to consider how our passage relates to doctrine and what we believe. That's systematic theology. And we want to consider how does our passage relate to our people the poor, the weak, the weary, the teacher, the farmer. That's practical theology. We observe carefully, but that's not where we stop. We want to make sure we understand rightly. Observe carefully, understand rightly what God said. Our goal is not to come up with our own meaning. We want to know what the meaning is in the book. We need to understand rightly and then evaluate. When we find out that the NIV and the 1611 King James say different things, hmm, we want to wrestle and consider the texts that are before us and be able to see which, which one makes more sense, which one seems more right. We need to evaluate fairly that study. Observe carefully. Understand rightly, evaluate fairly. But we don't stop there. Ezra moved from study to practice. What does practice mean? Step one, feeling appropriately about what we've observed and understood and evaluated. Paul says, Romans eleven twenty two. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Kindness to you. Severity toward those who have fallen. Kindness to you, provided you continue in His kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. 
We read those words, and we're supposed to feel something. This is a warning. Christian, God takes sin seriously. You should not engage in lust and look at pornography. It should scare you. Note the severity of God, Christian. If you act as though you can be mean to your wife, or you can do dealings under the table and cheat and steal, God knows. He says, note this, the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen. Kindness to you, so long as you continue in His kindness. Otherwise, you're going to be judged. When we read that, it's supposed to do something in us. To make us feel a different way so that we can act rightly. So practicing is first about feeling appropriately and then acting wisely. Consider another example. Psalm 147, verses 10 and 11. The Lord says, or the psalmist says, God's delight is not in the strength of a horse or in the legs of a man. R.C. Tribe. Amazing runners. God's delight is not in the strength of the horse or in the legs of a man. His delight, He takes pleasure in those who fear Him. In those who hope in His steadfast love. God can take pleasure in us, brothers. God, the living God who upholds all things, He's pleased with those who fear Him. Hope in His steadfast love today. Hope in Him if you're struggling, if your family is having trial, if you're grieving the loss of a relative. Hope in His steadfast love. Feel when we approach the text and then act wisely. Ezra set his heart to study and to practice the law of the Lord and to teach statute and rule in Israel. Once we have studied and once we have practiced, we're now ready to teach. We don't want people who just fill themselves up and don't pour themselves out. We want people who can teach, enter into that pulpit, enter into that Sunday school class, To go out and gather that community in your home and share with them. We want mothers and fathers who can disciple their children. Who can go and care for the poor and share the gospel in faithful ways. We want to be able to teach God's truths. Far too many preachers in the United States and in Ethiopia all over the world, far too many preachers and ministers today teach before they ever studied. Therefore, they're not teaching God's Word. Others start teaching before they've applied. What do we call that? Someone who teaches before they've lived it. They say with their words, don't commit lust. Don't lust after a woman, and then they go home and they look at things on their computer that they should not look at. That's called a hypocrite. We don't want to raise up those kinds of people. God, help us.
There's some people who apply without having studied. Those who apply things that without having studied, that means they're making their own rules in their own way rather than living by God's word. We don't want to make those people. The Lord's good hand gave favor to Ezra, and I believe God's good hand will give favor to Rift Valley Theological College if we raise up men and women who study and practice and teach the word in that order, observing carefully, understanding rightly, evaluating fairly, feeling appropriately, acting wisely, and then expressing through writing and through our teaching in faithful ways the truths that we have studied. The last part I want to share from you, and I encourage you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Measures for assessment. Does the Bible say anything about measuring assessment within the context of education? And I believe it does. Psalm 78, there are three marks that will be increasingly developed in the lives of our students if indeed we are educating effectively for the glory of Christ. Look with me at Psalm 7, 8, verses 5 through 8. Psalm 78, verses 5 through 8. Reading in English, Yahweh established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. That means he gave his word, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. So from generation to generation to generation, teaching the word of God to our children. Now notice what it says. So that, three things, they should set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. One reason humans created schools or institutions was to help churches and families educate and disciple. What's going on here at Rift Valley Theological College is an extension of a mother and father's discipleship for the next generation. And it's an extension of the church's call to teach and make disciples. Verses 5 and 7 say that God gave His law, that is, His word, so that three things could happen. That children would set their hope in God that they would remember the works of God and that they would follow the ways of God. In seeking obedience of faith for the sake of Christ's name among all the nations, Rift Valley Theological College must seek to develop students who hope, who remember, and who follow. Let's consider each of these. Hoping in God. Paul said in Romans 15, Whatever was written in former days, that's in the Old Testament, was written for our instruction. Christians, the Old Testament was written for you. 
Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. As we look at the Bible, hope in God is to be nurtured. We have a world that is hopeless. But in God, through Christ, there is hope. Every promise of God is yes in Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1.20. And all authority in the universe belongs to Christ. Therefore, all things are possible with God. Reconciliation after a broken relationship is possible because of Jesus. I've had so many students of mine whose marriages have been in tension. And because of Jesus, marriages can come back together. Family relationships can be restored. Healing, physical healing, or brokenness after deep loss can come. Healing from that brokenness can come because of Jesus. Sustaining grace and suffering can be found because of Jesus. At Rift Valley Theological College, professors need to enter classrooms with their Bible open in order to help students gain hope in God. And it becomes a measure for how we're doing in the theological classroom. Do people, are we training men and women who are hoping in God more? Remembering the works of God, that's the second measure, says Psalm 78. God gives us His Word so that we can know and remember what He's done. Every one of us in this room has tasted and seen the goodness of God. Don't forget it. The days of darkness are many, and we need to enter into that darkness remembering our encounters with the light. God's works are manifold, both in the world and in the Word. We can learn so much about God's bigness, His faithfulness, His justice. The Word of God is the inspired and authoritative guide for understanding rightly how to perceive all the works of God in the world. Both the Word and the world are essential for knowing God, and remembering His works is central to who we are as humans. Our eternity rides on whether we, we can enjoy eternity based on whether or not we, rem we delight in and learn about who God is as creator and judge and redeemer. If we forget that it's God who made every tree, who God who, who makes the termite mound, God who guides traffic and gives us lamb for tibs, if we forget God, forget that all of these things point to Jesus, then we put ourselves in danger. For Paul says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who did not honor God or give thanks to God. We want to raise up a people who honor God and give thanks to God because they see His works and celebrate. Finally, your students in these classrooms need to follow the ways of God. Jesus said, make disciples teaching them to obey. Following wherever Jesus leads. We want to create servants rather than kings. 
in these classrooms. People who are ready to serve as they follow Jesus in His service of others. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus said, keep them from the evil one. He prayed for you. He prayed for me. Keep them from the evil one. And then He said, make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. Holiness is generated in our hearts increasingly through the word of truth. And the enemy is overcome through the word of truth. So in conclusion, Rift Valley Theological College needs to be an educational organization that is filled with people who love Christ. Believers who are partnered together to train in biblical exegesis and theology to the supreme goal of knowing Christ and making Him known. Students must learn to study by observing carefully and understanding rightly and evaluating fairly. Then they must learn to practice by feeling appropriately and acting wisely. And finally, they need to learn to teach. To teach in effective ways, in bold ways, in faithful ways. You will know that your educational process is effective as you see students hoping in God, remembering the works of God, and following the ways of God. This, I believe, is God's call to you as you shape a theological college in increasing health and strength here in Shashamani. A theological college that can impact all the Rift Valley and beyond to all the nations of the earth. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from Dr. Jason DeRoshi, Research Professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Dr. Jason DeRoshi. For more information about Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, we invite you to visit www.mbts.edu. For more writings, sermons, and lectures from Dr. DeRoshi, please visit www.jasonderoshi.com. Proclaiming the kingdom and treasuring a God who reigns, saves, and satisfies through covenant for His glory in Christ.